I just I just wanted to sit down and cry. I couldn't believe it. I'm just like, wow, why why this? What what I mean, yeah, there's nothing to say at that point. You're you know it's your fault. I knew exactly what happened. I went up there, I there was one drain. All the drains were clear. There was one drain that did all that damage. And it, we had probably gotten about an inch and a half of rain in that thunderstorm. And so one drain, I think there was 14 drains on that roof, and one drain flooded that whole building. Welcome back to another episode of the Go Vertical Podcast. Uh, strap in, everybody, because we're about to blast off. Because uh, we are excited to be joined uh, this week by Adam Christensen, who is a commercial roofing contractor, a father of six. Is that right, Adam? Yes, sir. Father of six and a hunter of deer. And so we're going to cover... Um, Maybe all of that today. We'll see what we get into. For sure, talk about just navigating the storms of life and uh, what happens when a storm comes up. So we're very excited for this conversation. Uh, with that being said, gentlemen, are you ready to go vertical? Let's go. Go. All right. <clears throat> Warren, what is it? What is our tip of the week to this week? Yeah, so tip of the week is we, another tip I gave was planting the seed, but let's not forget to fertilize that and nurture it with follow-up. Quick mm. story about follow-up. Uh, I got a call last winter. I was actually hanging out with your brother-in-law, James, Adam, him and I. I think it was one of the last times we were together. And I got a call on a roof. Um, about It was a nice project, about $200,000 project, and had a good conversation on speakerphone. So James was listening in, and he's like, man, that went well. I'm like, it sure did. And so Philip went out and measured it and looked at it, and the guy didn't like coatings and he didn't like spray foam. He he just told Philip straight up, "I'm looking for a rubber roof." Well, at the time, we couldn't get ISO board and we had a long lead time on rubber, and so we just kind of, you know, we brushed under the the rug and didn't didn't pursue it. Um, that was last October, November, and I sent the guy an email in August, uh, middle of August, and he called me right away, and he said, uh, "Tell me a little bit more about spray foam." And he said, I, I can't get anybody to give me a good price on isoboard and flute fillers and, and a rubber roof. Long story short, the guys are about halfway done with that project now. It's two months later. Not only a month later. Really, it was the middle of August, and now it's the middle of September. Our price went up. Um, but he actually came on the roof the other day uh, when they were about two th or a third of the way done. And he said, you see that building over there? It's about another 10,000-square-foot building. He said, I want that one done as soon as you guys can get on it. So um, mm -hmm. this was a very cold lead and it never even got to warm. The guy never even liked what we had to offer. And I was just going back through every email, every quote we sent out over the last year. It took me quite a while. And I just followed up via email. And uh, you know, I would challenge you guys this week to, if you're struggling to find work, um, or maybe if you're not struggling to find work, maybe you have plenty of work, is go back and don't just worry about getting new leads, but go back and follow up on those old leads. I uh, mm -hmm. would really challenge you guys to do that. You never know what you're gonna find. So, And maybe you follow, follow up with five a day or three a day. Maybe you don't sit down and follow up with 40 people at one sitting. Maybe it's two to three a day, four or five a day. Uh, make it part of your daily routine. It's just following up with somebody and making sure uh, they got the information they needed. So that's the tip of the week. Go follow up, uh, not just with the, the hot leads, but with the cold ones as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
That's awesome. That's great. I have a list of that I need to sit down. It's and I meant to do a list to sit down and do it, and I got to, I got to do it. So, um, great, great tip. Um, thank you for that, Warren. And uh, yeah, so Adam, <clears throat> we're excited to have you on. Thanks for taking some time. Um, I know this is uh, kind of getting to be crunch time of the year. Um, get project ra- projects wrapped up, and so we're we're thankful you were able to spare some time to sit down and chat with, with us. And uh, we're excited to have you on. Um, So as we get into it, I just have some kind of intro questions. we like to ask right at the beginning to just help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Um, And so for starters, can you describe, give us your elevator pitch or describe what you do in a sentence or two? Yeah. Our uh, main Focus, I guess, in our roofing uh, business is single ply membranes, which most people that know me know that already. But uh, I have six kids and I have uh, five employees, and uh, it just seems to fit what we do. It's what I know from way back in the early 2000s when I first started, got out of high school, and uh, started doing it. And um, it's just it's just what we can sell, and it it's what fits our business mold, I guess. Uh, we also do shingles and a few other things, but that's kind of a, in a nutshell, that's what we do is pretty much any single ply membrane that uh, you can think of, we've done at least some point in the past. Yeah, awesome. So what do you spend most of your time doing day to day? Putting out fires or uh, starting new ones, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Um, no, a typical day, I usually, uh, I used to get up at 4 a.m. every day. I kind of backed off as I got older here. I kind of learned that maybe that wasn't always that smart, but, uh, um, sometimes you got to as a, as a business owner, as a, as somebody that, uh, has to make things happen, you got to get up early, but I, I'd encourage everybody to, uh, um, I like to think of this, uh, I was thinking about this go vertical podcast and I was like, go vertical to me, that means get up in the morning and you just get going right away. Uh, take some quiet time, maybe. Uh, to start and then uh, just go. So um, I like to get up. I like to uh, I always have paperwork. And then often I try to get out there to uh, send the guys off for the day. If I'm not going out to the job, I like to at least, you know, show up, smile, and say hi to everybody. And uh, I just feel like it sets a better tone for everybody. And uh, then I like to see how dirty the truck is too. So um, anyways, it just helps get everybody on the same page, and uh, it just uh, makes everything flow smoother. And then I usually, um, about two or three days a week, I do office stuff or sales work, and I try two or three days, depending on how many days at one or the other, I try to be out on the job still. I still uh, view myself as a foreman. I love being out there with the guys. I like doing the work, and uh, but... Uh, anymore a lot of my time is spent in the office or in the truck driving from job to job i usually do a lot of the staging for projects myself haul equipment uh get dumpsters there or or whatever random stuff needs done that's uh what i do if there's a leak i often do a leak call myself because i feel like i can um analyze better what's going on or what's needed or whether it's our roof or whether it's coming in the siding or somewhere else or if it's just a wind-driven rain a once-in-a-lifetime type event or whatever often i'll do the leak calls every now and then i send someone else but uh 
that's usually what I do. And then uh, there's always uh, there's always the kids to uh, take care of. So I try to take them with me uh, at least once every week or so. Uh, I'll have them ride around with me if they got their school done and stuff. So um, they kind of gives them something to do and oh nice and uh, that's awesome keeps them involved and um that's kind of in a nutshell how normally how our days go we uh obviously as you guys know there's always stuff that happens during the day and and stuff that comes up but uh putting out fires and starting new ones is a pretty accurate description which yeah it's a good time that's funny that's awesome yeah so what's What's uh, one thing that keeps you awake at night? <laughs> uh, wondering uh, if the big buck is still alive that I haven't got pictures of for a while. That's uh, that's one thing. <laughs> no, for business related, um, I would say wondering, like if I'm not on a site and we're doing a re-roof, and I know we're going to talk about it more in here in a, a few minutes, but uh, re-roofs keep me awake at night because I feel like, there's always some, there's always a, it feels like there's loose ends. As you go through a project, there's, there's always a loose end and, and the, what makes or breaks a company or a foreman or anybody like that that's involved is, uh, tightening up those loose ends that you got. And, uh, it can be a real challenge. So often I'll be like, I'll double check. Uh, I'll check in with the guys like at four in the afternoon and see how it's going, get some pictures sent to me. And, uh, then we'll, kind of see what they got to finish up yet. We like to try to be done around five or six, depending on how it goes. Cause with single plies, you don't have to, uh, you can have a little more scheduled time. You can work early in the morning. You don't have to wait till it dries off and stuff like you do with coatings. And, uh, so I like to kind of get an idea mm-hmm. of what the roof looks like. And then, um, if I feel like it's not a big deal or if we don't have rain or whatever, often I'll check the weather late afternoon. And then, um, there's, but if unless I've seen it with my own eyes or whatever, you know, there's always that little thought that, hey, did they do this? Did they do that? We've had some problems over the years um, when we do a, a re-roof and we take off a, a HVAC unit or whatever, whether we covered it good enough um, for an overnight thunderstorm. I mean, that's a big problem in the Midwest and pretty much probably across the country, but especially in the Midwest is a pop-up thunderstorm that just happens. A lot of times they're not even in the forecast. They just blow up and here they are and, and you get screwed. So like I said, I think we're going to talk about that here after a bit. Mm. But uh, that keeps mm-hmm. me up at night more than anything, I would say. Also, uh, trying to be a dad, how to how to deal with business and uh, how to be a dad and a husband. That's, uh, that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And um, it's easy for me to put less time to that than I really ought to be. And uh, so it's... That probably keeps me up a little bit as well, just how to how to juggle everything, but mm-hmm. kind of where yeah. we're at there. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So, what do you do? <clears throat> uh, what do you like to do when you're not working? <laughs> well, I enjoy spending time with the kids. Probably, I used it used to be when I wasn't working, like growing up, or like when I was in my teens and early twenties, I would pretty much go hunting or do something hunting related. Uh, I've always had sheep, Mm -hmm. um, almost since I was probably 16. 
I have an old John Deere tractor I really? fixed up back 20 years ago and it needs some repair now. Hmm. Um, I've done a few of those things, but now I probably spend time with the children and uh, the boys are into baseball. So we play, uh, I think we practice probably five out of seven nights a week, I would say. Just throw the ball around, wow. do some pitching, do That's some awesome. ground balls. We have a couple nets out there. They can do stuff. But uh, baseball is one of those things that you can learn. Uh, if you're not doing it a lot, you'll uh, lose the touch and uh, it takes a lot of practice. So, um, And now uh, Jaden got picked to be on a travel team, so he's getting extra training and all that. And so um, it's pretty it's pretty cool yeah. watching him. He was uh, one out of, I don't know, 40 or 50 kids. They, they picked 12 guys, and he was one chosen. He's pretty raw. He hasn't really wow. done it since his whole life. I mean, he's been throwing around the yard, but he hasn't had, like, professional training. So, Anyways, that takes a lot of mm-hmm. time, and I, I spend time trying to uh, fine-tune some of the stuff his coaches are telling him, like in between practice days and whatnot. So uh, that takes some time. Yeah. And then all the other boys are there and learning as well. Yesterday, they all rode around with me the whole day and uh, went to a couple jobs, and um, I, I enjoy doing that. It takes pressure off my wife, and it also um, gives me time to uh, just be with them and uh, that's something that's hard to do when you're busy. Some some people, you know, when you get to a certain stage, I feel like you have more. It just your time is automatically more freed up. But we're not quite there yet. We've we've been in business almost five years on our own, um, so it's coming up in five years here. And uh, it seems like there's days when I feel like, oh, now we can back off a little bit, and then there's other days it feels like we're busier than ever. So um, the more time I can spend with them, the better. But uh, deer hunting is a close second behind that. Um, I, I love deer hunting, I love deer hunting <laughs> which you guys all know. Um, so we spend, especially this time of the year, we spend a lot of time. So I, I feel busier right now than I actually probably am, but it's because I have certain days allocated to sitting in a tree stand. So um, our schedule is mm-hmm. probably not quite as backed up as it looks like, but it's because there's a few open days here and there. Um, so... Yeah. Some of my employees like to hunt, and uh, we have a couple hunting leases that we spend some time fixing up and getting ready to go and figuring out which bucks are doing what, and, and that takes time. And that's I just love that part. Uh, if I could do one thing, it'd be uh, yeah. having five thousand acres and guiding hunters on it. Probably that'd be my long term. Yeah. Long term. <laughs> you do dream. good. You do really good. Yeah. Yep. And, and like we talked in before, uh, taking my boys hunting. That's that's probably about as fun or more fun than uh, going myself, just seeing them. I mean, he shoots a deer and they're just shaking and all excited. It, it's just fun to see him do that. It was awesome. So, Yeah, that's cool. Super cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing a little bit there and, and helping us to get to know you a little bit better. Um, so one question I had before we kind of get into the meat here um, that we want to talk to you about, because I knew you were going to bring up deer hunting, and I know that's that's kind of a big thing for you. And so one thing I'm just curious to get your your thoughts on is the importance of kind of having that that hobby or something just fun to do. I mean, because obviously work, you got to do it, and the family is really important and spending time with them. But, but what do you think? the importance of having that hobby is and, and what does that do for your mentality? Just taking that time to go sit in the deer stand for a while. What does that do for just your mental state? Um, 
Yeah, I think it's really important. The busier you get, I feel like it's almost more important. There's less time for it. But I think the snippets of time, it's like quiet time in the morning. It, it's about quality, maybe more than quantity as you get. But I think it's really important to take some time, whether it's in a deer stand or whether it's uh, out on a beach with your family or, or something, whatever, you know, whatever you enjoy or hiking in the mountains or, or anything or just on a little evening drive um, or a walk even. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but I think it's really important. It helps clear my, clear my mind. It helps uh, reset you know why you're doing stuff. It's kind of like days that you spend with the kids. It helps. Re- it helps you focus. Like, okay, this is why we're doing this. We're not doing. Um, we're not in business. I mean, we're in business to make money, but we're also in business to to provide for our kids and to do that. But we also have. We can get lost in that really easy. And so, to take time. For me, it's the deer stand. For others, it's probably something mm-hmm. else. But you kind of just get out there all by yourself. You're just um you're trying to outsmart a smarter animal than us most of the time it's just it's it's a challenge but it's not a pressure challenge like so this church we're starting is a stressful type challenge for me deer hunting is a pretty low stress uh you don't have to think about who's calling you and all this stuff and I, i just think that's really important it helps reset you even if you have a day one day a week like often we hunt on saturdays or whatever or even for a few hours it's just it's just nice um, and I, I would encourage anybody to find something. I know everybody mm-hmm. says that. Find something that you can do, that you like to do, that you're passionate about, but that also you can relax a little bit and uh, reset yourself. Because otherwise, um, you will get burnt out or, or things that aren't really a big deal really get on you and it, and it turns into a bigger deal. And um, it's helped me, helped me relax and just realize that, you know what? The world's still here. God's still good, and, and stuff is, you know, my problems aren't every, you know, otherwise it wraps me up too much. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're 20 feet closer to God, too. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're 20 feet closer to God that way, too. That's exactly right, unless you fall, and then yeah. you're yeah. right with God. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've heard it said if you learn to rest, it'll keep you from quitting. Yeah, and it goes right alongside what you're saying. Like you have to, you got to learn to rest. You got to do those relaxing things. And Brandon Keithley actually mentioned on a podcast we recorded too about the vacation time is an analytic time, which you mentioned too. Like you're out there, yeah, you're hunting deer, but you're actually analyzing your life while you're out there. Like you're mm-hmm. sitting in nature, thinking about life. And for some of you listening, it might be the farthest thing from hunting, but you you do something every week that you can kind of analyze and relax your brain and your stress hormones a little bit um, that keeps you energized to go do it again the next week. Because if you just work all the time and think about work all the time, we've all done that. It burns you out. Nope. Yeah, cause this spring we had that big job going, and there was a few times we worked the whole weekend, and um, it's just not good. I mean, that you just don't you don't recharge, and so by the end of the second week, you, don't, you wonder even why you're doing anything. You're just like, this is ridiculous. Um, it's... But you take that little break. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. I like weekends so much. I mean, half the time our weekends are busier than our week. But it's a it's a break from the from the work. It's a, a you get out a little bit and uh, it recharges you. Ready to go Monday morning, and uh, it's it's just amazing what that does. It's really important. Yeah, 
I love to hear that you are doing some of those weekend things with not only your family, but also your workers. I think that is really important to figure out um, a hobby that one of your workers or your employees enjoy, your installers enjoy, and then doing that with them or at least supporting it. Um, like for you, you're you're supporting their hunting hobby by providing them with a lease and you're in a group chat and you guys are sending pictures back and forth. And that's really cool because now you're way more than just the owner of Northern Lakes Roofing. You're a hunting buddy. You're that moral support. You're the you're the father figure for some of them. You're the brother figure for some of them. And I think that's really important is it's not just about you and your hobbies, but your boys' hobbies, which we heard about, and also your employees' hobbies. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. Love to hear that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because awesome. I've found the best and way I, I want employees to work is to be a friend to them. And you gotta go above and beyond the mm. leader. A leader needs to be a friend. At, I mean, there's there's times for you know times you got to be a leader and you got to be you put your foot down. But uh, I don't know. It feels like I get more out of the guys as a friend than as an enemy for sure. So, anyways, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, love that. Cool. Um, well, <clears throat> yeah. Thanks for sharing that a little bit. Um, great to hear that that perspective because i know for myself too sometimes i've had kind of some of my biggest moments of self-reflection and um, growth in business from taking that time to just let your brain rest and and get out of it and, and process so um yeah that was that was cool to hear that perspective um warren i know you um we, we were talking about getting into the storms of life um and so i'll, I'll turn over to you um mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, well, I'll give you guys a little backstory. So, uh, I knew Adam's brother-in-law quite well. His name was James. Unfortunately, we lost him, uh, this past January. He was a great, great, great friend to Adam and I, and we lost him to a battle with cancer. Um, but James introduced Adam and I to each other, uh, for the most part, and I'm forever grateful for that. Uh, really, really appreciate Adam and the friendship he's he's been, the friend he's been, and everything I've learned about hunting from him. Uh, it's been it's been awesome. So he was looking at starting a roofing company. I don't remember exactly how this all started five years ago. So I I helped Adam in a few ways. He definitely helped me in many ways as far as single ply roofing goes. And we just networked back and forth and, and shared ideas and still do. We've attended conferences together, um, and we got to where we talked, you know, at least a couple times a week. It seemed like. And one day Adam called me or texted me one of the two and he said, Warren, I, I think this is going to take us under. I think we're done. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he told me about a, a storm, a literal physical storm that came in and flooded a building on a project they were on. So one thing that we're going to talk about today, and, and this might be kind of a meat of our episode, but I want to talk about the storms of life. And Adam is a little bit older than some of our guests and probably quite a few of our listeners and he's had some experiences. God has given him some experiences. Um, he's given him some storms to work through, which have built character and built wisdom and experience. And so talk a little bit, Adam, about that that specific storm, and then we can talk about some others too. But about when just crap hits the fan. What? Tell us a little bit about that story and, and how that all went. Yeah. Um so this project was uh, down in Bloomington, Indiana, 
And it was actually a sub-project we were on. It wasn't our own project, but we carried what our agreement with the general contractor was. We carried the insurance, and we did. We pretty much did everything. It was basically our project, and um, we ran it and put the materials up and everything. Short of buying the materials, basically, was the only thing they did. And uh, so it was a commercial building, and it happened to be the office and the heated shop area of the city for the city of Bloomington. So kind of a high profile building. Um, Bloomington's not a huge city, but it has the college there. So there's lots and lots of people there. And it's, uh, this was their main maintenance building. And uh, it was a little bit of a stressful project. It was a complete tear off. And uh, so anytime you tear off a section, you got to lay it back in and you always have like a six or an eight inch gap there depending on how you do it that the membrane wants to dip down in and you got to seal it off and um we had gotten through the whole job it was about a 200 square project on this building and all the tear off was done all the deck sheets were laid all the parapets were hung and i was like oh finally breathe easy so this was a late on a friday night or Friday afternoon, we have th we were three hours from home, so we were trying to hurry, and there was two drains that we ran out of caulk, and the general contractor didn't get it to us, and so we didn't finish the drains. And what I mean by that, we put the membrane over them, cut the holes, but we didn't seal them down, and that's a big no-no. Never leave a job without sealing a drain. On a new construction building, you can get away with it because nothing's finished. They're still working on everything. Um, on a re-roof that has to stay dry, don't ever assume all the water is going to go down the, the drain pipes. Uh, just assume that there's one that's plugged up. So um, what happened was, so we finished everything up. I was like, oh, this is going to be a relaxing weekend after several weeks of hard tear-off and uh, stress. And we drove home, and Saturday was fine. was no rain forecast the whole weekend. Sunday morning, about 7 o'clock, I get a phone call. Hey, our building's completely flooded out. And I had seen a storm pop up down there, and I was a little nervous. But I was like, no, it's good. It's all good. It'll just run right down those drains. Well, what happened was uh, it was in the fall. It was in October, and we had cleaned the whole roof off before we left. And I was there myself personally, and so I okayed it. I was like, yeah, we're good. Um, well, there was a water bottle that we missed laying on the roof somewhere they're clear the membrane was gray you don't really see them so um it was just regular plastic water bottle um had gotten in the drain and then a bunch of leaves there were some oak trees to the west of there a bunch of leaves had blown on there dry leaves you know in the fall and it just plugged that one drain up so i beeline down there as fast as i could they had water running down the steps in their office there's a two-story office it was like a flood and I couldn't figure out what happened, and then I was like, oh, the drains. I just knew it was the drains, and I was like, that's our fault. You know, that's totally on me. And uh, I told the, the head guy, the general contractor, I said, hey, it's probably the drain. This is probably what happened. There must have been one of them plugged up. And on tear-offs, you never know. Stuff gets in there. You try to plug them. Um, so, and then pull the rag out when you're done, you know, to keep the trash out of there. So we changed a lot of stuff based how we do things based on this job because we learned a lot of lessons on here and i should have known it i've been roofing for a long time i this was three years ago i've been roofing for 16 or 17 years at the time i i knew better you know you, you you just don't you just take care of stuff but 
there's always that one time, and this was the one time for us, and it was a good wake up call. But uh, I was like, this is gonna this is gonna sink us. So I got down there as fast as I could. My wife came down with me, and uh, we had to there. Yeah, it was just water dripping in the whole building. It was all over. It got down. It was a flat. It was a structural deck. Uh, it was not structurally sloped, so it was flat. So if the water got in one end, it just ran underneath our insulation all over the place and acted like the whole roof was terrible. And uh, so obviously the city was all up in arms, and they had a uh, $60,000 uh, overhead crane system in there, and they had water dripping out of the control box, and they had all the ceiling tiles in the upper office were falling in, uh, drywall down below was wet. There was probably three inches of water on the floor, on the lower floor in the bottom office. The carpet was bad. Um, I just, I just wanted to sit down and cry. I couldn't believe it. I'm just like, wow, why, why this? What, what, I mean, yeah, there's nothing to say at that point. You're, you know, it's your fault. I knew exactly what happened. I went up there. I, there was one drain. All the drains were clear. There was one drain that did all that damage. And it, we had probably gotten about an inch and a half of rain in that thunderstorm. And so one drain, I think there was 14 drains on that roof, and one drain flooded that whole building. And I pulled out the water bottle and the oak leaves, and uh, oh. the water just <laughs> right down. But what happened, it bubbled up the drain, bubbled over top of the drain bowl, and then mm. went everywhere. And didn't even really get the insulation wet. The insulation in the new roof dry as a bone. It just went right down in the decking and everywhere. So I learned my lesson on that one. Um, mm. I went that morning. I did all the drains, finished them. And at that point, we were just in damage control. We hired a uh, service company to come clean stuff, dry carpets, uh, do uh, cut holes in the drywall to dry the inside of the walls out to uh, keep mold from growing. We... we Went all out. So I just asked him. So I, all this time I'm panicking. I'm like, you know, this is going to sink us probably. Um, I, we're probably looking at 100000 plus in damage just by what I was seeing in there, especially if that crane was bad. And uh, But in those situations, you got to still do what you can. You know, you're still, you're still alive. You're still able to do um, – you can still do what you can. You, you can't just say, oh, shoot, we're screwed, and then just leave. Uh, I, got, I pulled into the site down there, and the general contractor looked at me and kind of smiled a little bit. He says, you know, I bet I, I, he had bet one of the other guys that I wouldn't even show up down there. He hmm. said he thought I'd just walk away and say, screw it, my insurance will cover it, and we'd just be done. And I said, Kyle, you know me better than that. He's still a good friend of mine, and uh, he was a very gracious man and uh took it really well and i owe everything to god but also to kyle he was uh he's an incredible guy and he went to bat for us and i thought he was going to be on my i mean i thought he was going to be all over me and he was but not he was just he couldn't believe i showed up so this i would just encourage people you get in something like that just Panic, but don't panic. Show up. Just do what you can. Go above and beyond and, and just start cleaning up. So I just asked him, I said, Kyle, what do you need me to do? What can I do? And uh, so we just started with first step and just worked through it. We called the service company to help clean up the water. We got squeegees. We got, I went and 
we got more squeegees. We cleaned all the water out ourselves. We did everything we could. We cleaned all the ceiling tiles out of the office. We threw them away. Um, we tried to dry out things as much as we could. We got fans. We just we just worked above and beyond that whole day. My wife would come down there. She helped clean up. And uh, we just, you have to start somewhere. When things look bad like that, and so I, somewhere in there, I had text Warren, maybe on the way down there or whatever. I said, you know what, I think we're done, but um, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going down there. I'm gonna see what I can do. And uh, it, it, I'm, I had the advantage of being in roofing for a long time before that, so I had seen things happen before. This was probably the worst flood that I'd ever had. It was the worst flood we had ever had as a company, but even for the companies I worked for before, this was probably the worst one I'd ever seen. And uh, it was all my fault. So I'm just like, what do we do? But I also knew that there's always, you always get through stuff. You can get through it. It, it works out. Whether it shuts you down or whether it doesn't, it'll, stuff will work out. If you just do what you need to do, do the right thing. Take care of your customer. Let them know you're there. Just ask them what you can do. Um, and so we did that and worked through it and ended up, well, the it, it was kind of a long story. We, we cleaned everything up and then found out that there was, I had seen the water dripping out of the overhead crane. Well, we went up there. We hired an electrician. We got an electrician out there right away. Hey, go through all the circuits. Blow them all out. Um, whatever it costs, just do it. Just clean, just dry this whole thing out because they had water coming out, electrical conduits, and we just didn't want anything. We, we just wanted to do it right. And uh, I just told them, hey, this is on me. Let's do whatever we got to do to get this building back to good. And uh, the city could see that, and the guys right away after we were there a couple hours, they backed way off. They weren't even, they were, you know, they weren't happy that the building flooded, but they weren't raging at us like they could have been. But the overhead crane was the biggest mm -hmm. worry. So that thing, I asked the one guy how much that thing was worth. He said, oh, probably 60000 or 75000 or whatever. And then they had a smaller one in there as well. And I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Why? And this whole time, I'm just thinking, why? why? Why didn't I just, why didn't we find that water bottle? Or why didn't I take another two hours on Friday night and finish these drains? or go Because they had talk at their shop maybe 10 miles away from the job site. I could have just driven over there, got it, and come back. It was it's just laziness on my part and uh, or tiredness. I, you know you know how it is at the end of a week like that, you're just ready to go. But don't ever do that. Don't cut corners. It's easy to cut corners, and I still do. There's times you can cut corners, but uh, not when it comes to a re-roof and, uh, and a big building like that. It's just not worth it. But back to the crane story. So we got the electrician up there to, because I told him, hey, I saw water dripping out of the panel up there. Can you check that out, dry that out, whatever you got to do up there? Well, he gets up there, um, and I told him, take pictures of everything before you do anything. Well, he gets up there, and that thing was full of rusty water, and there's rust flaking off everywhere. And he's like, this isn't all from you guys. This thing, this thing's had water in here for years. And so I went and found the head guy there at the shop and I said this roof leaked before we repl we're replacing this roof because it leaked right and he says yeah and it leaked right over here well the insurance adjuster had gotten there by then and and got that on either on recorded or took notes of him saying that and he also had an email that morning 
stating that the crane had um, hadn't been used in five or six years, and so they didn't even know if it worked. Well, there wow. was two things that the city had um, had a problem. They shouldn't have said anything that that incriminated them later on in the the whole situation here. Um, so God was definitely on our side, but I had we had to do our part. But anyways, long story short. The city ended up having to, to replace the crane on their own dime because it was right under where the water had leaked in and the decking was rusty. You could see where the water had been coming through the decking for years. And so that one just kind of disappeared. The, the city just wouldn't even, didn't even bring it up anymore. That wasn't even an issue because they knew they were on the losing end of it. I was, you know, I was fine with if our insurance had to pay for it. I was definitely, that's what I thought we were going to have to do. I wasn't involved. My insurance adjuster and the city were involved in that. I was out of, I was not even in, I'm just sitting over here just praying and hoping that it would just tell me the news, whatever it is, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, but I would just encourage people, um, be careful how much you say, be careful, don't incriminate yourself in a situation like that when it's likely the crane doesn't work because it hasn't worked for five years because it's had water leaking in on top of it for a long, long time. Don't, don't just automatically assume that because your roof leak, um, it's, it wrecked that crane. That crane was already bad. So, um, anyways, it all ended up out of our pocket. I didn't even turn it into insurance when it was all said and done. We paid out of our pocket just over 13000 or 14000 um, for the, basically for the cleaners and for the fans we bought and squeegees and whatever. I think it was about 14000 the general contracting company had several of their employees come over and help clean up and he literally only charged me what they paid an hourly rate to those employees for the weekend like double time or whatever it was he could have charged me 100 bucks an hour for each one if he wanted to um he was just glad i showed up couldn't believe i showed up he thought i was out of there and uh, we've worked on probably six or seven jobs for them since then some very large ones and some smaller ones and uh it just go above and beyond it as you can in a situation like that. It never, whether it works out like that or it does put you under, um, it never hurts to do the right thing and to do what you can. Somebody always notices it always, it always comes back. And I don't think Kyle and my relationship would have been as good as it has been if I would, have. um, if we wouldn't have had that problem to work through. Cause he said, I don't know. He says, I know you believe in God and I don't know that I do, but he says, I know somebody's on your side on this one. Those are his exact words. And, uh, wow. I'm not a huge and, and just always having to witness to everybody, but just, just do the right thing. And, and you don't know what's going to do for somebody else. And so that's kind of the a long story yep. of what happened on that project. So that made us a change a ton of different things, how we went about our tear offs and how we structured our day to day operations as we did a project like that. Um, there's just no, there's no room for uh, just saying, Oh, you know what? It's probably not going to rain. We'll leave this strip open. There is a little bit. So sometimes you can, I mean, we've still done it now and then it's just not wise. It's, it's a, it's a big risk. Uh, I mentioned earlier on the podcast about, air conditioning or HVAC units. Um, we did a different situation last year where we had some water get in and 
it was only about 1300 bucks, mostly ceiling tiles, not a big deal. The HVAC company split it with us because their guys were the ones that put it on wrong. We lifted up the edges, but the deal on that one was it was a tear off on an existing school. Um, it's actually the school that we're doing that project for right now. Um, and they're putting new units in and so the curbs were open and they're really big. It was like 40 feet long by 12 feet wide or some, some dimension similar to that. So it was a big, big area to cover. So you had to kind of build a frame over it because you just put plastic over it, it's going to sag in and spin and uh, leak. Mm -hmm. Well, one night we, we seal it in, we flashed the curb up and over, our roof was done. Um, we had picked it up, so we just put the plastic back down over and assumed that the HVAC company was going to put their frame on there and seal it. Well, they didn't do it, and we woke up the next morning just pouring rain, just dumping it. And this was a weekend, mm -hmm. I believe, Saturday, maybe. Always. And <laughs> always a weekend. So I went up there right away. I had one of the other guys go up there. And uh, anyways, we were able to get it stopped. We ended up building a plywood frame. And again, the general contractor was kind to us. They helped us out with the framing there. And to this day, I don't feel like that was our fault. I feel like that was on the HVAC guys. Um, but we, the general contractor, the HVAC company and us split it three ways and, and it only cost about $1,300. Um, so that was fairly minor. But uh, there again, if we would have done, we, sh we should have just not left the job site until we made sure either us or somebody else had built the frame or done it right underneath that or over top of those uh, HVAC curves. So it was another situation, not as bad, but it was similar and it was a similar situation to um, if we would have just stuck around longer and, and, and not left until you made sure it was good. Um, there again, if it wouldn't have rained, we would have been fine. So, yep. but you can't assume that it's not gonna rain. I know there's been a couple issues on the team lately this summer that there's been some problems and I'm guessing every one of those instances they could think back and say if we would have done this or done that there's 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 always a cause for it's just like an accident like um, my boys went through Hunter's Ed recently and they said a gun accident isn't an accident it's a lack of a, you know the gun was pointed in the wrong direction basically it's always there's always mm -hmm. human error involved so mm -hmm. I'd say the same thing to a roof leak on a re-roof there's it's an accident. You didn't mean to, but there's human error involved. And a lot of times it was um, something that could be corrected. So I would just say. Wow, this is situations. Yeah. so good. <laughs> don't, don't, so don't bad, give but up. so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when it looks bad, don't give up. Just, just, just do what you can do yeah, to mm -hmm. fix the problem. Hang in there. Show up, uh, get there early, just stay late, just make, let them know that, you know what, I'm here. Yeah, maybe it was my fault, but listen, this is this is who I am. We're going to stick through it. We're going to get through it. We're going to clean you up. We're going to get you out of this mess. And uh, that would be my encouragement. And just another thing that helps is to finish the roof as you go especially on a single ply. Like when you're doing a foam roof or a coating roof, it's easy to seal everything up as you go. I mean, stuff just automatically, you, you foam it and you're watertight. And it's it's very low risk that way, which is awesome. And that's one reason I like foam. And I sometimes think, you know what, I wish we'd do more foam, but then it just hasn't worked out that way. So um, with a single ply roof, finish your details as you go. 
because you never know. Sure, you get a lot of square footage covered in a day when you just lay the deck in and then come back. And that might be okay on a new construction project where there's nothing below there that hurts to get wet. But on a re-roof, to all you guys, and I know a lot of the guys that, you know, probably listen to this don't do single plies, but uh, that that's what I'd recommend. Finish your details as you go. Well, I mean, yeah, you're talking about roofs and you're talking about this storm that came through, but there's so many things I feel like we could translate over to life advice. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go over a couple that really, really stuck out to me. Um, you said this phrase about four or five times. You said, don't assume. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we assume many times that we know what our employees are thinking, what our customers are thinking, what our spouses are thinking, what our children are thinking. And it's never, ever good to, to just assume. And so I think, you know, like, taking that extra hour like you talked about and making sure everything's done correctly at the end of the job, that can make a good job go great. Uh, Another thing you mentioned was sometimes it's the small things. It was that stupid little water bottle. Um, (laughs) It can be the absolute small things that can ruin a relationship, can ruin a project, can ruin a customer relationship. And it can be as small as a water bottle, like you said. so pay attention to those small things. Sometimes they'll cause more damage than the big things. Everybody sees the big things. Those are the flashy things that everybody sees. But those small things are things that uh, we only see when we really look for them. So if you would have been looking for that water bottle like you do now, I'm sure, um, <clears throat> you would have found it. And, you know, somebody just missed it. So it could have been behind an HVAC unit or whatever. So another thing you said is panic, but don't panic. And I, what the way I took that, what Adam was talking about is, yes, <clears throat> if there's tough times, if you if a storm does hit, you better take action. You better go all in. <clears throat> you know, if you're in a boat and there's a storm coming, you better head for shore. Like, yeah, you yeah. got to panic, but it's like a controlled panic. Mm-hmm. And um, don't just you know don't just quit, but go go do something. Which what Adam did is he showed up, which was huge, and then he just went to work. His wife went to work. Everybody just they did what they could, and I, I think that was awesome. And then there was a lot of things I wrote down, but one thought I had um, that's so true with, with Adam, and that is just if you don't quit when the storm hits, you will become the best. Mm. So if you don't quit, you're now a better roofer because of that situation. Oh, yeah. You're a better roofer than the guy who never had, who never had that problem. You're yeah. a much better roofer. And so I feel like whether you're doing marketing like Nick's doing or whether you're doing roofing like we are, whether we do a lot of spray coatings of foam, and Adam does a lot of tear-offs and re-roofs and some new construction, we have our own set of problems. And every time we have a, a, a storm, um, if we're willing, we can run into that fire, put it out, and then we can learn from it and become better because of it. So storms actually create character and make us better if we're willing. Mm-hmm. And, and I know for us who are believers, you know, the Bible says that there's no storm that God allows to happen in our life that he won't pull us through. And that mm-hmm. he won't give us the strength to pull through if we ask for it. Um, those aren't these. That's paraphrased, but pretty much, you know, there's no temptation that we're going to face that he won't give us the strength to come through. Okay. And I think that's a great reminder. It's like, hey, God, if you're a believer, these storms they're not really easier, but in a sense, they are easier because you know that you're, you know, God's still in control, and you're just going to do what you can, get to work, and um, it's all going to be okay. So. I want to really encourage the newer guys. I mean, Adam, you were only in business for two or three years when this happened. And it would have been so easy to just throw your arms up and quit. Two years. Two years he was in business. 
And there's guys listening to this who have a roofing company who are just starting out. Like, prepare for the storm. Listen to podcasts like this. Um, talk to people. Maybe call Adam. If you're doing a tear-off, text Adam and just be like, man, you know, what are a couple things I can look for specifically? Um, or, or find somebody in your network that you can talk to who has some of these stories. Mm -hmm. And uh, be willing to reach out. Be willing to learn. Maybe you can avoid some of these storms. But if the storms do hit, don't panic. Um, mm -hmm. Just find somebody who can run through the storm with you yep. and you know, do what Adam did, which was prove to the people that, you know, the cut the, I guess the the client who would have been the person who would have thought Adam is really you know messing their building up, and Adam's the one that messed up. He's the one getting all the blame, and he went to them and proved to them that hey, I'm going to do the best I can. It's my fault. I'm not denying that, but I'm going to do the best I can to make this problem go away and get it back to better than new. So. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, we have a couple guys on our team that I get to work with personally that Adam works with and Nick works with that have had some of these situations. And I shared Adam's story with every one of them. And I'm like, you guys just got to stick with this thing. Just, just don't run away from it. Don't quit. Mm -hmm. You got to answer the phone call. You got to, you got to go. You got to run into that fire. You can't say I'll wait till Monday. You got to do it. That's part of being a roofing business owner. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one more tip I would give, and Adam can talk to this too, but you know, save for a rainy day. You know, put a little money aside for when the storm hits because it's going to hit. Yeah. And don't think, you know, you made 30% profit. Maybe say 25% profit. Put 5% away to something that you can either buy better equipment or yeah. do better training or something to prepare for a storm a little better. Yeah. Um, those are some, some of the things that ran through my head, which, you know, my, my mind was racing with ways we can put this into a business storm. And, and it's like we have storms sometimes that aren't roof leaks, but, you know, Maybe it's even in our family, our family relationships, or maybe it's our neighbor or something in church. And there's so many storms in life. And I feel like we can learn from some of these lessons that Adam shared with us. Uh, I feel like we can run through the storm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, before we kind of go to the fire round, um, Adam, tell us a little bit about uh, some of the few exciting things that are going on in your roofing company. You have a very unique project that you're on, like you said, a little high stress. But tell us a little bit about that project. And then uh, I'd also like to hear a little bit about the success that you and your boys had this past youth season in uh, Indiana. Kind of a change of, change of subject here, but I feel like uh, you made some great pointers as far as the storm goes. But I'd like to hear some of the, the projects you're working on and some of the success you've had lately. Sure, and uh, thanks for all that. Um, a little funny thing before we get into the, the church project we're starting. We were uh, on the school projects, the new construction, so... Obviously, all the plumbing's just getting hooked up. All the drains are hooked in. The plumber's been amazing. He's got everything ready. It's just, it's went really smooth. And uh, uh, we installed probably about a third of the roof a couple weeks ago. Go home for the weekend. I didn't do the drains because they weren't set and they weren't ready. So I was going to have Seth do them on Monday or Nick or whoever. And uh, they get there on Monday. I didn't go. Or it might have been a Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe been the Tuesday after Labor Day, actually. And uh, they show up on site, and Seth goes to put the drains, flash the drains in, put the target patch in, and, and screw them down. And he's like, he calls me and says, uh, hey, we have a problem. The, uh, the drain, every single one of these drains is clear full of water. I'm like, what? That's new construction. I mean, it's hooked right in the storm sewer. I can see it's not covered in yet. You know right where it's going to go. You can see it. Well, I said, the plumber's there. I'm not there. Go find the plumber and just tell him the deal and uh, see if. Maybe they forgot to take a cap off underground when they hooked it up, or maybe they didn't ever hook it in. And uh, 
So he went and talked to them, and sure enough, that's what happened. They had to dig down with their mini hoe, and uh, all the pipes in that building were so full of water and all that pressure, they just took their hoe and just popped it, popped, it, broke the pipe basically, and water oh, sprayed all over the operator and everything. Um, so sometimes it's not your fault at all. <laughs> um, if that would have been a reroute, wow. they would have been in huge wow. trouble. We could have had all those drains hooked in, and, and the parapet walls in that building were about a foot and a half to two feet tall. It varies a little bit, but if all that water would have backed up on that roof, it probably would have collapsed the roof in. So thankfully, we didn't hook the drains up. That was one time when wow. we didn't want to hook the drains up. So you don't never know what's going to happen. Just because you do everything right <laughs> and hook the drains in, and yep. there's always something weird like that mm-hmm. that goes on. So I've never seen that one before in my 19 years of roofing. That was the first time I'd ever seen a uh, plumber uh, forget to take an end cap off and hook it up to the the uh, groundwater. But uh, they took care of that and uh, felt really bad about wow. it, and we laughed about that it. That is crazy. And, uh, that was the that was a crazy story, and uh, that was the first time we'd ever seen that. And I, when he told me the drains were full of water, I'm like, so I right away thought, well, maybe some of our foam got down in the pipes and plugged something up. But I'm like, nah, check them all, and every one of them was clear full. So it had just filled them up and then siphoned down to the next one. Even the ones that weren't hooked up yet, it just kept it just filled the whole pipe system up with water. Um, so that tells you how much water actually comes in on a, I, I think it was about a 100 by 200 foot area roughly that filled all the plumbing system mm-hmm. and there was six inch pipes. So yeah, just a little funny story before we got to the church here, but yeah, uh, that's wow. one of those you don't into every day. So anyways, now to the yeah, church. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Did a little project. We got asked to bid this about a year, year, year and a half ago, and it's a church in Wabash, and uh, we don't normally get projects like that. We don't do a ton of shingles. We do mostly commercial flat roofing, and uh, but we do enough shingles. That's what started us, and that's what uh, got us on our feet a little bit. So we still do. You know, you know, we generally work. We don't advertise for it really. We do a little bit, but very little. We just get the generic leads that come through, and we're almost always. Towards the higher end of the of the uh, spectrum as far as price goes, and so we only get a smaller number. But the ones we get are quality work, uh, jobs, and we try to do quality work for them and uh, and make up for the the price that's a little bit higher than than other shingle crews maybe. And uh, anyway, so I just threw a number at this project, and uh, they had a little wheelchair ramp access they were building, and it was just a small little job. I think the total for the job was like thirty six hundred bucks. I was like, it's hardly worth doing, but. I'll throw a number at this, and then maybe they'll hmm. give us a church. And uh, they awarded us a little job, so we did it, and they were happy with it. And I hadn't heard from them for probably six or seven months, and all of a sudden he emailed me this spring. And he said, hey, uh, the church came back and said they're ready to go on that, and we want you guys to do it. So um, then my wheel started spinning. Of course, prices went up crazy amount since since we had originally bid it. And uh it was it's a fun job. It's it's got uh, I think the eaves are around thirty feet, and then it's a twelve twelve pitch all the way up to the top. It's it's not huge. It's only about ninety two square total, um, but there's a lot of steep high work. There's a road we're going to shut down on the one side. It's on a hill, so our lifts have to go a certain direction. Um, so when they rotate, they don't tip over. And uh, for the steeple, we got a hundred and thirty five foot lift out there with the outriggers and everything, and uh, it's it's just going to be a fun challenge. Seth's down there right now, um, staging, uh, getting uh, roof jacks on the bottom, and getting ready for the uh, the crew when they get there tomorrow. But 
We'll see. The crew claims they can do one side per day, and I'm, hmm. I'm sitting there looking like, yeah, I don't know about that, guys, but uh, we'll see what happens. So it's always something. <laughs> this is end up, it's a commercial job, but it's a little different than most of our commercial jobs. It's just shingles, and we're also doing, they have a little internal gutters on each side of the sanctuary that we're putting a membrane down in there. So after the shingles are done, our guys will uh, work on that out of lifts, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. But it was it's pretty good. Will you will you do the will you do the steeple or is that your crew's going to sure. do that too? We're going to see how the other part goes with our regular uh, with our regular shingle crew, and uh, if they don't, I'm not sure how OSHA compliant they are with everything. And on this job, we need to be pretty good. So if they're a little bit sketchy as far as towing the line about being tied off on the main section, I might just say, you know what. Mm-hmm. Our guys will just do the steeple. We'll take a week and do it. It's not a big deal. I got enough time figured in on it. Um, I want to do a good job on it. So I would guess I'm going to have our guys do it as soon as they're uh, done with the walls in the school, which they should be finishing that this week. So, um, yeah, it's not every day you get to uh, uh, do a steeple. I measure it with my drone, and it's about That'll 33 be fun to- meters. So I think it's – or th- yeah, 33. So I think it's just under a uh, – just over 100 feet to the – top of the steeple so it should be fun anyways that's kind of the story on that yeah that'll be fun to like see the before and after pictures for the rest of us listening that'll be great yeah Mm -hmm. i'll I'll show pictures i'll uh i'll put them either on my facebook or uh uh, you'll see them somewhere um sometimes i don't like to share too many pictures of the jobs ahead of time because you never know if you're going to get them or you never know you don't want to just assume yeah, uh, easy stuff, or just put it all over, and then something goes wrong. Good to know. wait. Yeah, let's just let's just get her done and, yep. and try to do a good job and and see how it goes, and then do it uh, kind of the same mm-hmm. way in deer hunting. I mean, most of the time, I don't, and most others don't really uh, share pictures of their biggest bucks out on uh, social media, or else you cover it up and just show a little bit of it or whatever. But uh, um, you, you, it's easy to get the cart before the horse in hunting and roofing and and. Uh, you just want to make sure you do a good job and uh, and get it. So, like for hunting, you you want to shoot the buck before you tell everybody, "Hey, I'm going to shoot this one." You know, it never works that way, or very rarely works that way. So, if it did, I'd have yeah. a lot more bucks on the wall here. <laughs> but anyway, so it should uh, be. yeah. And you, speaking of bucks, you guys got one at the youth season. Yeah. Yep. We got a nice. Uh, my boy, uh, my oldest boy, Jaden, shot a nice eight-pointer. Um, it's not the, it's not a monster. It's not the one he had. We have a whole bunch of big ones running around this year. It's not the one he was wanting, but it's the one he got an opportunity. It was the oldest buck we saw that morning, and uh, uh, we had went on a little scouting trip over there the night before and saw 13 deer and one buck, and uh, the buck that came out, we just saw a little bit that we were out in the bean field wide open and the boys were wiggling around too much and I told them you gotta sit still or they'll come out of the woods and they'll see him before they even step out and the buck saw us but we were able to look at him and get a good get every all the uh, I had all the little boys and everybody out there so they were able to see it all and uh, I'm pretty sure that's the buck that he shot Um, it was hard hard to tell there's a couple about that size on that property but uh, yeah we we had to walk through about a quarter mile of corn and uh, got all wet and had a good time. We set up right out just on the ground in our chairs, and um, the bucks came walking out of the creek bottom. And about 75 yards, he uh, he was able to get one. So 
I don't know. It's just it's fun watching him. He he's a good shot. Most of the deer go down when the boys awesome. they shoot them. They just drop right in their tracks. And uh, this one was the same. I'm always ready for him to go running. And uh, nope, they just piled up. And of course, the smiles on their faces make it all worth it. It was pretty fun. So it uh, I'd recommend anybody try awesome. or find something I you can do it. with your kids to where they just their face just beaming. And, and uh, he was he was so excited, almost like like he shot the deer and then he's they look at you like he was his yes. first words were like, Hey, did it go down, Dad? Did I hit it? And I'm like, dude, it's all over. <laughs> so it's pretty fun. But uh <laughs> that's the way yeah. it goes. That's awesome. I love it. We, love to hear it. Yep. Yeah. Hang on, hang Good on deal. a second. I'm well, Nick, are you Okay. All right. <laughs> Not bad. So this is a buck. Oh, that's that one you found last year. You were you were watching, and then you found him. Yeah, that's the oh one. man, that is so we're, cool. That's yeah. We were watching. He's got a little bit. The squirrels chewed a little bit off on him, but uh, he's uh, magnificent. He's wow. And mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna get him. We're gonna get him mounted. Uh, sometimes. I've wondered about mountain bucks that uh, you just find, but we hunted him pretty hard. And uh, my brother and I and a couple of the other guys had some opportunities at him, and then he disappeared last October, and we ended up finding him dead about 40 yards behind our one camera. And it was in his core area. We tried to stay out of it, so we did everything right, but uh, we kind of wish we would have went in there last fall, and we might have found him last fall. But uh, anyways, he's still in good shape. We're going to mount him because he's got a special story, and he's he's a – a pretty huge buck and uh yeah so anyways it's uh awesome that's that's him and that's the story on him so yep yeah now, adam you'll have to get on a hunting podcast one of these days that'd be fun i'd love to yeah, yeah or you, you guys start one and then i'll i'll come i'll, I'll be a yeah. regular regular content yeah for yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll, start be to... a, you'll be the host We'll start a go hunting podcast. They won't. Uh, they they don't often uh, round up your food plot right before it gets good, though. <laughs> yeah, Not the that happened to me this morning, Nick. I got Storms I got away. a trail camera picture of them round putting Roundup yeah. on my food plot that I've worked hard to plant. This really? Summer. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting. We have a little miscommunication wow. between the hunting lease and the land lease. So oh, man. that's okay, though. We'll, we'll, we're we're going to work through the storm. It's, it's yeah. storm. With the tips yeah. I found from... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, wow. Great. That's crazy. Um, well, <clears throat> man, that was awesome. I think we're going to transition now into our lightning round. Um, so, Adam, I got some questions I'm going to ask, and uh, as fast as uh, you can answer them, I'll ask them. Um, so what, first of all, what is the number one thing any business owner needs to know? Oh boy. I didn't take notes for this one. Um, for me, I would say the number one thing is, uh, (laughs) don't, don't spend your money that you don't have. Like it's easy for the young guys to uh, sell Mm -hmm. one big job and think they got tons of money and, they might for a while, but they're, you always need it down the road. We had a job a couple of years ago that we made a lot of money. I bought a new truck on it and a few other things, and uh, it was good. We needed it, but 
you kind of wish you would have had 40 or 50 grand set aside for down the road. Like some of these new construction projects take a lot of money up front. And uh, I would just, I don't know if that's the number one thing, mm-hmm. but that's been probably one of our biggest stresses um, is always being able to have the cash flow to, uh, to keep things rolling when you have several hundred thousand out on a new job uh, before you really get a whole lot back in payment. Now, if you're doing retail or whatever, it's a little different because you get down payments. But uh, the young guys just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. You can you can drive an old truck for a while. I drove an old truck for a long, long time, and obviously we have newer trucks now. But uh, sometimes I still wonder about the wisdom of that. So um, that's that'd be my answer to that one. Yeah, it's good. Uh, what is the best thing you've done to find new customers? Uh, probably hire Nick Jordan. Um, to do our <laughs> do our website and, and some of our stuff. But I would say uh, in the commercial side, that's you got to have a good website. You got to have good uh, SEO and, and stuff. You got to get your name out there. Like like on the church, we're going to put a banner up there. Let people know. Let people know you're around. Um, and the other side of that, I would say, do a good job consistently. Um, it'll get around. It will come back to you. Do a good job. Have your have your like with Duralast. Our mm-hmm. our QA scores are are regularly in the top five contractors in indiana and in the midwest and so um it, it all helps you might not see oh. it right away but do do a good job do the best you can always have good customer service and that that brings in more leads i mean i get calls from people a lot of residential but now and then on commercial from people that I'd, i've never even heard of and i hardly even remember the people that told them but it, it eventually comes around wow but uh, We've never yeah. had good luck with mailers and stuff like like a lot of guys have had. It just hasn't worked that good. But but mm-hmm. there's other things. Yep, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you stop competing on price? That's a tough one because so on our retail, it it, it all comes down to relationships. I know everybody says that. Everybody says relationships, but it's honestly the truth. Um, like this church mm-hmm. project, I don't think they got any other pricing from any other roofing contractor. It's a general contractor, and he called me and said, hey, we, we're looking for a good roofing contractor in Wabash to bid this one, um, and you guys are close. He looked us up on Google. He looked at our website. That's how he found us. We had never worked with them before. They're a nice company. Um, I'm sure we'll work with them again in the future. Um, but we didn't compete with them on price because he liked the quality of work. He called around. He had called a couple people that he knew that we had worked for. Um, that's probably the best way to quit competing on price is to do a good job and to get good referrals. Um, if you're going to do new construction, you're probably never going to quit competing on price. You pretty much have, have to be the lowest one or you have to have an option of something they want that somebody else doesn't have. That's just that's how you're going to get those jobs. It can be tough. Like on the school up there, um, it's a Duralast roof. And that's what they want. And we had worked on the school previously because we were the lowest bidder. I don't know if we were the low bidder on this one, but I'm assuming we were. Uh, most of those projects go to the lowest bidder. It can make it really tough, but you can do it if you can if you watch your numbers and uh, and and just take care. But uh, just I would say similar. Just do a good job, and and uh, that's the best way to quit beating in price. Yeah, love it. What is uh, a favorite tool or system you use for managing your business? 
Um, probably Job Nimbus as far as the management. I just got into QuickBooks this spring as far as for some of the the uh, accounting stuff, and I'm still working on that. Uh, my wife's still trying to help me figure that out, and Nick's been a big help in that. Uh, Job Nimbus has been the best, I would say. Warren got me going on that about three years ago or two years ago, and uh, I can just punch everybody's names in there. Um, a lot of guys have company camp for pictures. I haven't got that far yet. I'm a little old school, but uh, Job Nimbus works great, and I have all the information in there. Um, there's a few things that need fixed, but that's what we got QuickBooks for. And uh, uh, as far as number management, that's probably the best. Um, as far as uh, management yeah. outside of that, you just get some good employees, I guess, some some guys you can trust. Hire, hire somebody if you don't have it. Like we hire our payroll done and we hire our uh, taxes done. And, and obviously Nick Kate takes care of a lot of the other stuff for us. So mm-hmm. um, hire, hire stuff that you can't do yourself. Yeah, love it. Um, what is uh, your favorite book for business or self-development? <laughs> I'm not much of a reader. Nick gave me a book last year at the... Uh, about a year ago at uh, the Hammerdown uh, summer party, and he said, I'll give it to you if you'll read it. And I've read yep. the book, but um, I don't read very many books. I would say probably the best book um, I've ever read is the Bible. That gives me about the most. I don't there, – mm. there's snippets of other books or quotes. Um, I can't think of any – there's not really a favorite book off the top of my head that I have that I just say, hey, this really jump-started me. There probably should be because a lot of the most successful people are, are you know, read a lot. Uh, back in my younger days, I did that, but uh, I don't read a lot. I listen to podcasts. Um, I would say probably anything that tells you to be careful with your money and to pay attention to detail. Um, that's those type of books or those type of uh That type of, of reading material has probably helped me the most. There's several that uh, there's several that have been really good. Yeah, awesome. Got yeah. it. Um, and finally, what is the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself or stand out? I'm gonna go back to uh, doing a good job for your customers. I'm also gonna say. And this is something we don't do good enough. Keep clean equipment, clean trucks. Uh, have your employees dressed decently. Mm-hmm. Um, have a have a general theme like have 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 your business name on your shirts or or at least look decent. Like um, a lot of roofing contractors, you drive by a job site and they just look like they're just like the worst, like down in the dumps type people. Um, but just keep keep nice equipment, nice vehicles. Or even if you have older ones, just just uh, keep them clean. And we need to do a better job at that. But uh, I would say, and customer service, that's that's probably the number one thing. People remember that. They'll remember. We've sold uh, several jobs in our just our local town. Warren actually helped on one. It was a Conklin roof um, that we fixed their first building we fixed for probably two years and made basically nothing off the repairs. I mean, a little bit. You make some on repair work, but not a lot. We ended up selling that job and then a, a church roof besides that from the same company, and there was no competition. They didn't get bids from anybody else because they trusted us. And uh, so sometimes just 
take care of your customers when even though it doesn't hardly seem worth it um it'll come back i mean we we uh probably did a hundred and hundred and twenty thousand dollars worth of work for that uh for those people um so it's not a huge amount but it's, mm-hmm. it's a fairly significant amount uh just by just by showing up and, and fixing their leak when it rained mm-hmm. um on their old rubber roof yeah it's awesome that's awesome love it cool well that wraps it up uh that was that was great to hear uh your answers um there's some really good really good uh, stuff in there so um thank you uh adam for joining us again we're going to start to kind of wind down here um but uh how can people reach out if if they want to Get, you know, chat with you about, you know, maybe they're going through a storm or, or something in life and just kind of want to get your perspective or uh, maybe pick your brain about hunting or anything you talked about. Uh, is there, a, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can call me or text me. Uh, text is probably the easiest to get a hold, or a, I'll always see a text. I don't always get back with everybody right away. Sometimes it takes me overnight or something. Oh, or an email works. Uh, my email is adam at nlroofs.com um, or northernlakesroofing at gmail.com. And uh, I will return your email. That's Nick's probably found that's probably the easiest way to get me to always see it until it annoys me. And I'll get back with you eventually. But if you have a question <laughs> that you need an answer on quicker, just give me a call or send me a text and say, hey, uh, give me a call or do you have a, do you have a minute? Because I, I, take calls from a lot of people and try to help them out and uh i can't always every situation is different so i can't always you know i can't fix the problem always but uh, i'm always willing to try to help and uh, if you ever need anything i'll i'll be around i'll be available to try to uh, at least give you my opinion but uh, like i said so many different things can happen on your project that it, i don't always know everything but uh, i'll try so my number is 260 five seven eight four zero three eight if you want to give me a text and uh, or get a hold of warren and he'll send you my number that's uh that's an easy way too but i'm always happy to help yeah. then they're done that you know, yeah. or if you want to or if you have a big buck that needs killed uh, let me know i'll be glad to come or you can come uh come help us yeah. eat ours so i keep trying to get warren down here we're working on him uh, you got my number though <laughs> <laughs> I, do. I do i do i do and i really appreciate adam you always helping out uh, myself and so many other guys and Adam is a great, great trainer. He's a great helper, a great friend. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for uh, being willing to share that wisdom that you shared and your uh, knowledge and wisdom is priceless for all of us. And we're getting it for free. So really, really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having yeah. me that, uh, yeah. it's been fun and, uh, I'm pretty rusty around the edges when it comes to these. So just, uh, just shut the video off if you can't stand it and, uh, just listen to it or yeah. just don't even listen to it. <laughs> we're all real yep yeah we're all real yep that's it yep this has been real and authentic and that's yeah that's been awesome uh to hear so yeah thanks again for joining us adam thank you listeners for uh hanging out with us every week on this podcast we're we're glad to have you with and uh excited to hopefully add some value to your week um into your life uh remember as always to follow or subscribe um send us a comment and uh, with that being said, let's uh, take this week, do some follow-ups, and uh, make sure you're going vertical this week. Go. Go.